As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. About a week ago, one of the worst stadium disasters ever took place in Malang, Indonesia. After the local side, Arema FC, lost to Persebaya Surabaya, fans rushed the field, and police dispensed tear gas on the field and in the stands. This created a rush of hundreds heading for the exit gates. Some of those exits were locked, and this led to a crush. At least 131 people are thought to have died due to suffocation, with many more injured in the crush. Local investigations are ongoing to determine how this happened, and the news there is developing. In the meantime, The Athletic's Adam Leventhal traveled to Indonesia to speak to locals about the tragedy and take stock of where they go from here. Today on the show, I'm going to play his report from the ground in Malang, a warning ahead of time that this contains reporting that may be distressing to some listeners, and also we're going to skip the usual TV guide for today. This was originally broadcast on the Athletic Football Podcast, and it was produced by Adonis Pratsidis. One of the most evocative images here at the stadium when you look in through the gates where so many people perished is that that it is almost an enshrined crime scene that hasn't been touched, there's still investigations going on inside the stadium. And the thing that really sticks out when you see them, it just, it changes everything because you see the shoes that have been left behind and you can only presume that those are the shoes that were left behind by people who passed away. You see an Adidas trainer, a a flip-flop here on another step. And then outside one of the gates, a little, red crock that has just been laid there in memory of the child that has been lost and so many lost their lives in this tragedy. 31 children were amongst the 131 people that died here on October the 1st. It was a tragedy that not only broke families but it also just ended futures. It is really, really one of the most awful things that's happened at a football stadium.
This is the Kanjuraham Stadium and I'm here at the, the epicentre really of the disaster and I just wanted to paint the picture for you because although you have the, the buzz as you always do of mopeds there is a silence and I'll just head up this staircase which just uh, joins the, the perimeter road which goes all the way around the stadium and in front of me I'm at gate number 12 there is a deep pile of rose petals and different flower petals that have been laid here where so many people lost their lives in the tragedy on October the 1st. There are scarves which have been attached from various different teams, not just Arema, which is the home team here, but from rival teams like Persebaya, who Arema were playing on that fateful night. They lost 3-2 against their, their great rivals. There was no away fans, um, but there are reminders that this isn't about rivalry, this is about humanity and away fans have draped their flags over these railings and uh, football just feels a very very distant thing at the moment. Well Andreas is, is here, here I guess just to pay your respects. Yes, uh, because uh, there's uh, my friend uh, also died in this uh, tragedy, and then. Uh, but uh, my concern here is, uh, it's not a fault, but the uh, supporters who go down to the field, but uh, supporters in the tribune, they wait, they just waiting to go home, they just waiting uh, the gate open, then suddenly tear gas. So to them, you can imagine how about the panic, yeah. The site here at gate 13 of the Kanjuraham Stadium is probably the most vivid of the struggles that people had to try and make their way out of the crush. They'd been tear gassed in the stands, there had been surges towards various staircases, but this was the one where there was the greatest loss of life. Inside, on the stairwell, the blue wrought iron banisters have been ripped from their housings. They're now dangling down to the sides. The reason I can see inside is because a window all the way through has been created by those inside and those outside that tried to break through the brickwork window that was already there to try and then lift people out and to try and save as many as possible. The gate is bowed outwards due to the pressure that was put on it from behind. Yeah, so you can imagine they try to go out. Uh, at the front of them, uh, the gate is closed. Back of them, tear gas. Yeah. Thousand people try to go out. Yeah, so you can imagine the, the panic of them yeah who did you who did you lose what were their names uh we lost the fakri yeah which is uh, our friend in uh, it's one of the supporters we stand here it is in the tradition of our muslim here we give from the pray after seven days 40 days yeah we, 
we will keep uh, give a prayer for them. Feels like this will never be never be forgotten, will it? Unforgettable. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's unforgettable. It's just a, a tragedy. It's not between supporters with the supporters. Supporters against police. Another of the key elements of the story was the fact that ambulances really struggled to get into the stadium when they were needed the most. I with information from the from the policeman. Okay. Because is that the local police or yes, local police. Local police. Okay. Because I don't want uh, any victim from the paramedic. From the side of paramedic. So they they wait wait only wait. Wait, there are any six ambulance. So they waited? Wait, wait. Until we have a command from police officer. Police officer uh, give the information about the uh, one hours, 12 or something, 12.30. Yes, like that. So uh, I think about the one hours, one, one hours, we wait until the ambulance can can go to the yeah. stadion hospital, stadion, stadion Kanjuruan. Yeah. yeah. There is only one route into the Kanjuruan Stadium. There's only one wide road. It is probably, what, 20, 30 meters wide. However, on match day, similar to how it is now, it is very, very easy to become congested with cars and motorbikes, and it would have been even more busy due to the chaos that was unfolding, the clouds of tear gas that were not only inside, but outside as well. And the Persebaya players, who were pretty protected because they are the great rivals of Arema, they were almost prioritized and the police made the decision to get them into their armored vehicles. There were two of them just um, outside the reception of the VIP area and they were bundled into those black armoured vehicles and driven away and all that time we heard from the director of the RSUD hospital um, which is not that far away it's the closest hospital just about half a mile away he had six ambulances standing by from around about half past ten and they didn't get in until half past midnight. Elmiati went to the game with her husband Rudy and her three-year-old son Verdi. She was the only one to return. I hope the police will be far more careful in their actions in the future. They can't let anything like this happen again. They can't cause this many casualties again in a football match. My son and my husband have been lost. I'm broken and grieving. But what choice do I have but to go on? The key thing now is that fans will want answers. They will want justice for their loved ones. They will want to see punishment for those that were at the center of driving this pretty regulation post-match situation 
into the, the jaws of hell, which it became very, very quickly. As the mayor here in Malang said, this wasn't something that happened over the course of hours. It accelerated over minutes, just minutes. So many lives were lost. So the last time that I saw you was on Tuesday. This is your shop. Yes. Next to gate number 10. Yes. And your name, what's your name? Nanang Effendi. Just a few, few days after what happened here. Okay. And I must say, we know that there's been a, a huge tragedy, uh, a life-changing event for a lot of people. But it does feel, even now, a week on, things are starting to move forward a little bit. How are you feeling now? <clears throat> uh, now, life is must to go on first, and uh, we have to be uh, strong human from the heart, from the mind, and this is why we are try to uh, make our our community to be to be strong again, strong again, and strong again. Okay. So just next to my hotel is the town hall here in Malang City. It's actually where the crisis centre was set up uh, in the hours that followed the disaster. It's where people could come and find out information if they were missing loved ones. It is also a place where those that have died are listed on the wall. There is one column which is for those that have unfortunately passed, those that are currently recovering in hospital and then also those that have been released and have luckily been able to go home. The music that you can hear in the background is Hadra music which is traditional Muslim music and the site this evening is quite a scene. It's a sea of white hats and white robes and this is Muslim prayer night. It is soon to be the Prophet Muhammad's birthday and this is a night of celebration. They do it around about once a month here for various different reasons and various different celebrations but they are celebrating a big birthday in the Muslim faith and it is quite poignant actually because we've had a transition around this roundabout and it's dedicated to people rather than cars this evening. Every evening we have seen Arema fans here dressed in black. It is a traditional colour that they wear to support their team but the black has obviously been fitting due to the disaster that happened at their stadium. But now this white almost feels as if it is a step forward, a step to the future and hope. It feels like hope here in Malang. And I guess that's, that's all we can have now after the deep depths of despair that we've seen. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Adam Leventhal and Adam Crafton's coverage of the tragedy from Indonesia can be found free for all to read on The Athletic. The first one of their stories are linked in this show's description. Thank you for listening today. We'll see you tomorrow.